Words matter. They can change the course of your day. Just listen. You are brave. You are stronger than you think. You have value, worth, and dignity. Don't you feel better already? Welcome to Speak Healing Words, the podcast. Join author and board-certified life coach Janelle Reardon as she opens a very important conversation about the power of our words. Hello and welcome to the Speak Healing Words podcast. I am Janelle and I'm your host for the next few moments as we talk about love. We are in week two of our four weeks in 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Oh my goodness, we are in the month of love. The whole world is buzzing with love. Red mylar balloons are everywhere. Conversation hearts, candy, cards that cost a fortune, beautiful dinners out. My goodness, the world is abuzz with love. But we wanted to talk about real love. Now, don't get me wrong. I love those expressions of love. In fact, I just bought my mother this huge llama Valentine's Mylar balloon. Leave your drama for your mama. I just love it. And I walked around Walmart with it following behind me and just made me smile. So I love fun and love expressing love. And it's how fantastic is it that there is one day of of the year that we devote to this emotion called love, this fruit of the Holy Spirit that we read about in the Bible, in Galatians. Love, real love. In week one, we talked about becoming real. And we visited a lovely old picture book, one of my favorites, The Velveteen Rabbit, written by the beautiful Marjorie Williams. And Skin Horse, the wise older toy in the children's nursery this book is based around, has this beautiful conversation with this velveteen rabbit who's now all scruffy and his hair's fallen off. It's been loved off. And all these new shiny toys come into the nursery with their bells and their whistles. And, you know, they're loved for a short season but the skin horse, he, he describes and answers a question from the Velveteen Rabbit. What is love? What is real love? He asks skin horse. And skin horse is like, real love is when someone keeps you around. Even though your hair is falling off and you're really old and your eyes pop out. And it's just the most beautiful description of real love. And so we talked about how... Living a life of love has to first and foremost be a love of ourself in a healthy, healthy, God-centered way. Jesus told his disciples and all who followed behind him, love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's so important to have a healthy sense of self. That's one of the three chords of our threefold cord of emotional health here in our Speak Healing Words community. A healthy sense of self looks like secure attachment. Someone, you and me, knowing whose we are, that we belong to God, we are in God's family, and that God loves us. 
We visited 1 John where we read God is love. He is the source and the supply of our capacity to be loved and to love. It's really difficult, really difficult to love others well if we don't truly have a strong sense of self and believe wholeheartedly that we are loved by God and we are loved so much that we don't have to prove our love to him. He just loves us unconditionally, graciously. So today I want to move forward. I want to go forward into 1 Corinthians 13, two verses, 4 and 5. And I'm reading from the voice translation. I love the way the voice gives us these thoughts. Love is patient. Yes. This might be a little hard, so hang in there. Love is kind. Love isn't envious, doesn't boast, brag, or strut about. There's no arrogance in love. It's never rude, crude, or indecent. It's not self absorbed. Love isn't easily upset and love doesn't tally wrongs. The commentary in the voice writes this about these potent words. Paul, the apostle who wrote, who's writing these words and wrote these letters to the churches in Rome and the areas around Rome, he writes to this church in Corinth, and they were they were kind of a hot mess. They were having difficulty with their interpersonal relationships, and I think we can all relate to that. And so he boils all of these words down for the believers in Corinth. Religious people often spend their time practicing rituals, projecting dogma. Oh, we're real good at that, aren't we? And going through routines that might look like Christianity on the outside. We can dress up pretty, can't we? But that, they lack the essential ingredient that brings all of it together, love. It is a loving God who birthed creation and now pursues a broken people in the most spectacular way. That same love must guide us, you and me, So faith doesn't appear to be meaningless noise. Oh, on yesterday's Facebook Live, we talked about how we do not want to be a meaningless noise, a clanking symbol, a pretty on the outside person, but ugly on the inside. We want to be remarkable, meaningful sounds in the world. That's what Paul invites us in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5 to be. He actually gives us intentions that we can set. And we we took apart this word intention, and I want to revisit it here because setting intentions has become a, a practice in my personal spiritual journey, and I want to invite you into it. 
And I address the issue that a lot of times in the Judeo-Christian worldview in our churches, setting intentions has been misconstrued in a new age context. And oh my goodness, it, it really is not. It is just a determination. It's defined as a, an intention is a determination to act in a certain way. It's a resolve to fix conclusively or authoritatively something in our mind and our heart to accomplish. When we look at resolve, when we look at the words within the word, resolve can mean also a determination. But one aspect of resolve is in the musical realm. And if you are a musician, you understand that to resolve is to make something such as one or more voice parts or the total music harmony progress from dissonance to consonance. Dissonance is associated with harshness, unpleasantness, or unacceptability. Last week, we said dissonance is it to be hard or harsh or bitter. When we have unresolved issues inside of our hearts and our minds, it's very hard to be to offer others in our spheres of influence real love. Oh, we can offer expressions on Valentine's Day. Oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. But what about the 364 other days of the year? When we're in the trenches, when life gets tricky and hard and difficult, or when we don't agree with someone, or we don't happen to see eye to eye, or I want everyone in my sphere of influence to do it my way or meet me on the highway because so often we fail in our attempts at real love because our framework, what we see the world through is skewed. And just go on back to last week's episode and we talked a lot about our frameworks and how we see the world. And if we see the world through a skewed framework of love because of our childhoods or our family of origins or perhaps a teacher spoke really hurtful words over us or a church hurt us or, 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 you fill in the blank, we have this cognitive dissonance. We have unhealthy thought patterns and negative, faulty self-talk. And this is not a bunch of mumbo-jumbo. This is right from the Word of God. Paul encourages us over and over to put off these things, put off these unhealthy, negative ways of moving through the world, put them off, anger, brawling, gossip, envy, jealousy, comparison, competitiveness, And he wants us to move from dissonance to consonance. And consonance is associated with sweetness, pleasantness, and acceptability. So powerful. So an intention is a determination to act in a certain way, to fix conclusively or authoritatively in your mind how you want to move through life. Well, last week... The most amazing week unfolded for me personally, and I hope that my story informs your story. And I wasn't going to share it, but I feel it bubbling up inside of me. So I really hope that it's helpful. 
On January 1st, I, I always seek a one word for the year when I was raising my children and homeschooling them for, oh my goodness, over 14 years. I sought a, a theme for our year, but I've shifted since my children are now adults and they've grown and I, ch- I like to get one word for my year that is really a whisper from God, something that he wants to bring forth in my life. And, you know, in the, in the Bible, in the, the text that we love so much, intention, the word itself is, is not found, but it's translated as purpose, power, passion, thoughts. Isaiah writes in Isaiah 55, a message from God. He was a prophet and he says, God says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. That's, that's God's intention for us. And God has very, very specific strategic intentions for your life. He does. But if we just go through life mumbo jumbo, just, you know, rushing, hushing, hurrying, scurrying, worrying, we're not taking five seconds to slow down and calm down and breathe and put in those contemplative practices we've talked about of stillness, solitude, and silence. If we just rush through life and we don't seek out God's thoughts and his plans and purposes, we're, t- we're going to tend to miss them. And I didn't want to miss them this year. So I was, I felt very inclined to be highly intentional. I have a lot inside of me that I want to do, do, do. And, and, you know, life is ticking along. I'm 59. I'm on the threshold of 60, my next decade. And I really wanted to be intentional. And I also signed a book contract that is not going to be, this book will not be released until 2021. Two years. And I thought, wow, that's unusual. That's I've never had that much time before a book comes out. And I thought, okay, God, you're up to something here. You must have some, some intentions, some things that you want to bring forth in my life so that I am a fuller, more complete person and I have more to offer in 2021 than I have right now. So I did set very specific strategic intentions. And in our Monday Motivation for Personal Growth, my our newsletter that I sent out on Monday, I did share a very, very personal one. And this intention came after I heard the whisper that my one word for the year was PACE, P-A-C-E. I had another word in mind. But all of a sudden, when I was trying to really press in and hear that word, I heard the word pace. And then I started hearing it everywhere. And that tends to be how it's affirmed for me. And so I thought, pace, huh, okay. And I felt like God was saying, I want to slow down your pace. But pace is a twofold word, and there's always words within the word. But he also, pace is also like a pace car. And I feel like he wants me to be a pace car. And a pace car sets the rhythm and the movement for all the cars that follow behind. So I am a pace car. I am a leader. I am a mentor. I am a college professor. I am someone in a position to influence people. And so God wants me to examine my own pace 
so that as I set a pace for others, it is God's pace. So my intention then was to really slow down my pace and practice more contemplative spirituality, which is stillness, solitude, and silence. And sometimes that can kind of make some people mad because that draws us away from the public eye or from ministering in churches in a public role or from being actively involved in the lives of others. And so this slower pace uh, requires me to come into the private place for a while. And so, yeah, it's been so good. And this past week, one event led to another event that led to this conference that I attended. Actually, it's not a, it wasn't a conference. It was an immersion into a new counseling modality that I cannot wait to share with you. I'm not going to share it today because of the time constraints that we have. But it involves uh, healing negative emotions that are lodged in our subconscious, which is a huge part of my book, Overcoming Hurtful Words. I offer it to you in the Heartlift Method, where you reflect, reframe, and reauthor these unhealthy negative belief systems that hold you back. And most of the time, we're not aware of them until we ask God to make us aware, increase my awareness, open my eyes, open my ears. That is why so many times in the scriptures, especially in the ministry of Jesus, he's saying, listen to me, open, incline your ear, hear me. Verily, verily, truthfully, truthfully, I say unto thee. He says this over and over when he's teaching people because we're pretty dull. Yeah, we are like sheep who go astray. And so when we ask God to open our awareness and make us very aware of his movement in our life, well, beware because he's going to do that. So on Thursday, I saw that this immersion into this modality, this technique was being offered just two and a half hours away from my home, I thought, oh my goodness, I need to go to this. And I didn't have anything planned for the weekend, which is highly unusual for me. I called my husband and he's like, well, how much does it cost? And what do you think? And within 10 minutes, we were like, yes, you need to go to this. So Saturday morning, I got up at the crack of dawn and made my way there and and entered this 48 hours, not even quite, about 36 hour immersion intensive into this modality. And I did some major heart work with these hidden subconscious patterns of negativity and negative belief systems that yet are still in my heart and mind. And I am so, so ready and encouraged to lead you into this. And you'll be hearing a lot more about it because it's going to help us become real and really love others well. Because when we release these unhealthy negative emotional beliefs that are in our neural pathways, this neuroplasticity 
that you hear me talk about quite a bit. This capacity to be able to reframe and reauthor emotions that are negative and that are hindering our lives unleashes us into future freedom, a freedom I cannot even begin to tell you how wonderful it is. And a huge part of this work involves essential oils, therapeutic grade essential oils. These oils that have been taken from God's creative world. He created these beautiful plants and now wise people have in their beautiful scientific way, made them into these oils. And specific oils, specific smells, actually heal neural pathways. And that's what I'm intensively learning about. And I will be learning and going through this practitioner certification for the next few months. And then I will be able to be far more efficient. And it is an effective, efficient method of healing. But one thing I took away that I already knew, but I want to reiterate to you as we're talking about how real love can be intentional, how we can really love well, as Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5, love is patient, love is kind, love doesn't brag, boast, or strut about, love isn't arrogant, love isn't jealous, love is patient and kind. Love is an emotion. It is a fruit of the spirit, but it is an emotion. And all emotion is the true technical understanding of emotion. Now think of the word e-motion. So when you take that word into down to its root, it really means energy in motion. And I think that resonates with all of us because Emotions are energy. They're energy. They can be positive energy or negative energy. There's nothing spooky about that. There's nothing woo-hoo-hoo. It's very biblical and very true. God gave us the beautiful power of emotion so that we could live a meaningful, rich life. And he also has given us the capacity to regulate and to utilize these emotions, this energy in a healthy healing way. And that's what we're all about here. That's what we're doing here. I want you, your energy in motion, how you move through your life, to be fragrant, to be a beautiful smell. I did not want to leave this beautiful healing studio that I was taking this immersion course in because it had the smell that I can only imagine that heaven must have. And as I I had an increased sense of focus and clarity like I haven't experienced in years, I had energy because I was releasing negative, unhealthy emotions And so there now was more space in my heart and in my body for positive energy and for God to move. My clothes, when I got home, smelled like that beautiful smell. It's kind of like when you go in Starbucks and you sit there for a while and you leave, you smell like coffee. And, 
you know, 2 Corinthians encourages us. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians to be a beautiful fragrance in our world. And that's what we're doing here. So we want to be able to harness this energy in motion, these emotions that we have, and be very intentional in offering love to everyone in our spheres of influence. So as we release any and all of our hurt and our anguish and decade-long grievances, these things that we harbor within ourselves, our body, that limits us from being able to really unleash the power of love. A very wise teacher, Eckhart Tolle, he, he's released a book, and, and I heard these words in an interview recently, and I, I filtered them through the framework of God and his word. And he wrote, nothing ever happened in the past that can prevent you from being present now. And if the past cannot prevent you from being present now, what power does it have? He continued with this, and I made it into a a question. Am I so attached to the past that I carry it around like a huge sack on my back? Am I so identifying with my past that I'm, I truly believe I can't be present today? Any negative emotion that's not fully faced, he writes, and seen for what it is in this present moment, it arises and it, it, it can't completely dissolve. It's the energy of the old. It's folded in the brain, yet it's very much alive in our emotion. And another huge piece I learned this weekend, and and I knew it, but it just was so good to be reminded that memory is always attached with emotion. So I guess today I'm, I'm asking you, are you carrying around, are you attached to your past or mm, to other things instead of really becoming real and really taking some time out of your busyness to slow down long enough to go, am I really loving well? How am I loving? Do my words and my actions reflect Real love. Hmm. I'm going to close with these powerful words from 1 John 3, 18 in The Voice. John writes, my little children. In some versions, it says beloved. In some versions, it just says children. But I do love how The Voice says my little children. Because aren't we really all just still little children inside? We all want to be loved. We want to know that we're loved. We want to feel loved. We want to be safe, secure, stable. We want to know that we're seen, that we have value, worth, and dignity. Yes, that's why we're here, Speak Healing Words community, to remind you and me 
that we are loved. We are seen. We have value, worth, and dignity. Therefore, he says in 1 John 3.18, don't just talk about love as an idea or a theory. Make it your true way of life and live in the pattern of gracious love. Live in the pattern of gracious love. So, what action steps, what intentions can you set as we celebrate Valentine's Day this week, as we express our real love to others? Maybe it's as simple as just my daughter this morning, my, my younger daughter, just sent me a text because she informed me today's Galentine's Day. The day before Valentine's Day is Galentine's Day, where you tell all the gals in your world that, that you love them so much. And she just sent me a short little text and she just said, Mom, I'm so grateful that you're one of the women in my life. Whew. That meant more than any present, than anything in the whole wide world. Her words her gift to just let me know that I, that she values me. It might be that simple. So before you go spend $6.99 or $7.99 on some fancy card, maybe just write someone a beautiful letter handwritten on a loose leaf piece of paper and express what you love about them. I think it'll be, it'll be a game changer. It'll be a life changer for them. Have a great week. I will see you for week three next week as we continue our conversation about real love. Be blessed. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and conversation, please join the Speak Healing Words community at JanelleReardon.com.